Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Rob, and Willie, part of the Nova Insider Network. Back with you. It is Monday at roughly 8.23. The College Football National Championship is underway, featuring Georgia and former Big East member TCU. Um, they that, were a that's member. A, that's a great trivia fact, by the way. <laughs> like, really great one. Trivia member. Uh, trivia. Tribute member, Big East member for like five seconds uh, before the whole fucking thing went to shit. Uh, but yeah, back to you. After the loss to Xavier on Saturday evening, I was at the game. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to cover Xavier. We're going to cover Xavier, that game, kind of in the context of all the problems that have been dogging this team this season and especially of late. Because I feel like the Xavier game really just shed a light on all of them um so so we're going to talk about that we'll get into previews for the depaul butler and georgetown games although i don't think we'll preview georgetown too hard um we have some considering we just played them yeah yeah we have some news or not news on the jordan longino injury uh, so a good amount to cover, and we're going to keep this as fast and quick moving as we can. Um, so so let's dig right into it. And I'm actually going to start before we get into Xavier. I want to talk real quick about Jordan Longino. Um, there was a there was a tweet today that said Kyle Neptune said he has no updates on Jordan Longino and to look out for something from the school in two days. And that writer with the Philadelphia Inquirer went on to say that doesn't sound good to me right like and i agree if the school's going to put out something in a couple days that means it's usually a press release and a press release usually comes along with a season-ending injury notification right then you have on the other side um another reporter saying talk to kyle neptune he doesn't have much of an update but Longino remains day-to-day and that we'll hear more in a couple days. So the couple days refrain stays the same. But in one sense, when you hear that, it says day-to-day, have an update in a couple days, tells me like day-to-day and uh, probably not playing versus Butler, but maybe, I'm sorry, maybe not playing against DePaul, but maybe the Butler or Georgetown games. And then then the other one just reads like a press release is going to come. It doesn't say that, but a press release is going to come from Villanova in a couple days. And I, as I said from the get-go here, if if you're telling me that the school, like as in the athletics department or whatever, is announcing something about a player, that to me is a transfer or an injury. And it's not a transfer. It's, an, it's a season-ending injury. Like it's going to read Jordan Longino suffered a torn MCL and is – um and is undergoing surgery today and will and will risk the remainder of the season something along those lines i'm not saying that's what it is i'm just saying that's what i expect to hear when i read the first tweet and then when i read the second tweet i'm like maybe he plays in a week so but, but it's but it's also like uh, i think to to jump onto the speculation bandwagon day to day doesn't usually require an update in a few days it's just like oh yeah you're day to day like that that's what it is like 
we'll see. Like you'll play pretty soon. It's not day to day, and there's an update. The yeah. and there's an update to me says like, yeah, this is probably going to be pretty bad. So I'm definitely, if I'm a betting man, I'm absolutely on the train of he's probably going to be out a while. It's still a weird like, I don't know. It's still a weird thing to be like the school's going to release an update. So like you clearly know something. You're just choosing not to share it, which is fine. But I would deliver it a little bit differently. But each their own. Nothing about this makes sense. Like starting from the actual injury when we saw it, Longino just couldn't walk. Like yeah. it was pretty, they just couldn't walk. So it's like, all right, clearly it, I thought he was going to be out. I basically thought it was something that was done for the year. And then we pan to him on the bench like 30 minutes later, he's like laughing and smiling and it seems like he's going to be okay. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, kudos on like, you know, being able to mask it and like hide everything. But it, it felt weird. And then Kyle said, we're not really worried about him. He should be back soon with it. We're just trying to figure, we're going to do an MRI and figure out how long. And then we're saying everything that we have here, nothing makes sense to me anymore. Day-to-day is bullshit. Day-to-day is just, we're all day-to-day. So whenever I hear that, it tells me literally nothing. I We'll see when, I don't know, Father Peter tweets out whatever this is. <laughs> well, I was day-to-day on the podcast last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's very true. It's very true. So so I did talk a little bit very briefly with Tommy Godin, who uh, does work uh, with Road to the Garden and, and VU Hoops. And he said that he that Neptune, he reminded me that Neptune used to describe Cam Whitmore's status as day-to-day. So Nep so day-to-day may be in Neptune parlance, and every coach has like a different way of saying things, but it might be in Kyle Neptune parlance. Day-to-day means that like I'm just not giving you more info, yeah. but 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 don't hold your breath. That's right? Like it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Now that's not what it means to the average human being. Yeah, no, the average human day, being, day-to-day is like, oh, you're, you're gonna play like in the next day or so. Questionable Clearly. slash probable, right? Yes. Like that's to me, like you put it in NFL terms, right? Like questionable slash probable. When I hear day-to-day, that's where I am falling in between those two things. Yo, day-to-day uh, on my fantasy football is like 95% playing, and then I get the update five minutes before, like, nah, he's out. I'm like that shit. <laughs> so all right, so that's the Jordan Longino thing. Now we did see what is going to happen rotational-wise um, with the team with Longino out. Trey Patterson's minutes have increased substantially over the last three halves of basketball. Um, he played he played a good a fair amount in the second half of the Georgetown game, um, and he played a very good deal of minutes in the Xavier game. So, so that's something that we did see. Um, I did like just to zero in on him for just one minute. I did like the minutes that we got from Patterson. Uh, he still gets lost in the switching defense, which is uh, at this point, I'm like, all right, like I hope it clicks for him because he's been with the program for a couple of years. So like, I, I hope that he starts to really click, but he also did make a lot of good defensive plays, effort plays. Um, he helped a bit on the glass. I felt. Um, and so, and so, I did like the minutes that he provided. And I also, as we've said on the podcast before, I just am really tired of this program not playing guys who have been in the program for a year, year and a half plus. Like it's one thing if it's a freshman and he needs work and whatever, like I get that. But like with Nana and Trey, I'm like, guys, they're they're in the program, they're sophomores. Like you got to find a way to get them on the court. So even though it happened because of an injury, we did see early flashes of Trey Patterson throughout the season. Now we're going to see a little bit more of him. So I think that'll be positive for his development long-term. So He looked stronger. Like it felt, even in the Georgetown game, it felt like, it felt like, I was, we'll see how it takes with how this comes. It felt like I was watching Arch where it's like, all right, he's still making mistakes, but like 
he's generally like figured it out. I don't feel terrible. I was like, maybe he'll even take and make a shot, like just feeling because he feels a little bit more confident. So hopefully I'm going off the fact that uh, I see what is that Jarez Walker as your background? Yeah, yeah, I was just on ESPN and I came across him. I was like, holy shit, he is absolutely ripped. Like he's that's a, a that's a that's a man right there. He's a, so he's I a great I, he's a I freshman. I'd show everybody. He's a freshman bullshit. Yeah, he, he'll go yeah. top 15. Cow, oh, that's wild. Anyway, hey, I just, I want to show our, just want to show everybody he's really <laughs> jacked. Right. Um that's my office. <laughs> All that to say, I felt better about Trey's minutes. I think we'll see some sort of progress or comfortability if that's even a word as the season goes on but i'm assuming jordan's done for the year and so that's why we'll see trey eventually get the five to eight minutes a game just at least for rotational depth yeah which actually just as an aside now that i'm thinking about it not that it really matters from our standpoint because we switch everything but like in theory we're not getting a person with more size who can do this so in theory we have a person who can switch on to like I'm going to say fives. I don't really buy it, but like he has more size than Longino at the very least. Yeah. Longino's stronger, more stocky. Yeah. Stocky's a bad word, but like you get my point. Sturdy. Um, he was a quarterback. He did play football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trey's a little bit longer. Um, and seeing Trey in person, by the way, holy shit, he is actually like very, his, he's got really good length. Yeah. Um, so. So I, that was actually kind of illuminating. Sometimes I actually do really believe that like you need to go see, you need to watch the team multiple times on television and on person and in person to get a real feel for the team. And like both, like they, they provide such different flavors of like what you're actually watching in a way to ingest what's going on in the court. Um, so I, I do recommend going to games. Um, so I'll come back to that though. Let's talk about Xavier. So Xavier game, now they're number 12 as of today. They were top 25 coming into the game. They they they've beaten UConn last week. They've looked they've looked a part of a really, really good team. Um, we knew going in, as you heard on our podcast with Paul Fritchner, that they are an elite offensive unit. We certainly experienced that. I maybe Michigan was the last time that I can remember a team hanging 88 on us. 88 at, at the Finneran Pavilion. Did wow. Michigan hang 88 on us? I want to say they did. I don't know, they, but, probably, they hung like 150 on us. That was a, <laughs> it's a rough game. Uh, but like that was the first time in a long time I can remember having that many points scored on us. <laughs> I actually think Howard maybe scored, like scored 80 s- points on us last year or something like they that. They only scored 73. Howard did. Howard scored like 80 on us. I think we won like that Howard game the beginning of last season, like 100 to 80 or some shit like that. 100 to 81. Wow. So memory is that that's a weird game to remember. Uh, also, let's clarify too. Xavier scored 53 in the second half. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. Now some of that's free throws, right? Like yeah, yeah. But yeah. but it's fifty, but it's fifty-three points. Yeah. They're like last 10 points are basically free throws, but regardless. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. So so look, we saw their elite uh defense. I mean, we saw their elite offense. We also scored 80. So we saw that the fact that we were a good, we were decent enough on offense and they are, they gave us some space offensively to operate. And so we were able to actually score a pretty high amount of points. Um, but there was a lot to take away uh, from this game as I, I really felt like this game was kind of a microcosm of the entire season is that on your home floor, you'd expect a game 
that you are the worst team to still be closer as a result. In some ways, maybe it was. Uh, but this team just did not, this team being us, did not have, in my view, from watching the game and being there per- in person, the horses to to really like match up with Xavier, at least at this point in the season. And there was nothing about our team. Like, like I, I kept coming back to this notion after the game. We are not, we are the sum of our parts at best. And we seem to always be the sum of our parts. We're like, especially since Whitmore is back, we're not usually that much worse than the sum of our parts, yeah. but we are, but we're never, the whole is never better than the sum of the parts on this team. Yeah. That's we're, how we're at least was, getting the parts at this point. Yeah. We're, we're getting the parts. And I, I can't remember, especially since Whitmore back, I can't remember a team that just seemed to like operate in like a very tight window, like floor villanova ceiling right like it's like it's like there's a very little diversity between the floor and ceiling of this team like you would think that a home game versus two ranked opponents in a row with a team that is cusp bubble right like and i'm not saying we are on the bubble by any stretch of imagination we'll talk about what this means for the rest of the season but like in theory you're going into this at like you know ken palm 60 ken palm 50 you know in the net to be on the bubble team and some bubble out teams win some games against ranked opponents during the season. That's how that's how college basketball works. That's how you, you think, stay on the bubble. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that at some point in time, you'd pick off one of these teams because you play over your head in a big game moment or whatever at home. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like this team has the extra gear. And I don't know where that comes from. Like, it's just very broad and we get into why. I don't know where exactly that comes from. The biggest issue from my mind, watching this team play, the defense is really not good. Like, like, like watching it on TV, you know that defense is not good. You see late closeouts. You see whatever. Watching it in person, like when we were playing Xavier, I felt like, and I kept making this comment to Brian, thank you for the ticket, and 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 some and people sitting around me. I felt like it took us. 10 seconds of a defensive possession to like settle into the defense that we were trying to play. Right. Like in some of that Xavier, they move quick, but like some of it's just like effort, focus, intelligence, basketball, IQ, et cetera. We're just waiting to like, okay, they're set now they're at the top of the key with the point guard. Now we know where we are and who we're guarding. And it's like secondary transition defense is just, it just didn't exist. It was crushed on that. It was terrible. It was at no point. I felt like we were constantly getting back and Xavier was even with us. And if you're even, you're leaving. And it was just buckets every time in transition. Even if it wasn't a pure transition bucket, it was coming off the secondary action. It was a result of us being even with them. And what I mean by even is like, as they're advancing the ball, we're still running back down court with them and not set. And because we weren't set, and like you said, it takes us 10 seconds to get set by the 22nd mark. Xavier has an advantage play and Fremantle's just sitting there wide open drilling jumpers or Boom's getting into the lane. And like, of course, Boom was going to do what he's going to do. But like, it was just everything about how we got in. I don't think we made it difficult on Xavier at all in any way, shape or form defensively in this game. I think it was, if anything, it was both offenses go out there and let's just see what happens. And we'll just We'll just roll, we'll just roll, we'll just roll, and Xavier's a better offense. They have a better point guard. They're deeper, and that's how you lose by eight at home. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, to the point, Blight, about, like, 
looking at the players we have, I don't know. I just look at our roster right now for for the Xavier game, and it's like, all right, with more Dixon Daniels, like, yeah, it's good players. And then after that, I look down, I'm like, uh, Arch, okay, Slater, like, yeah, Armstrong. I've I've been excited about at points during the season, but like the drop off between those top three and then the next three guys is is pretty significant. I think that's something that that we're not used to. So in terms of like taking it to the next level and picking off some of those wins, like, yeah, I don't, we haven't seen a whole lot from the rest of those guys who usually key in and are able to help you pick up some of those wins. Like there's just nothing there. It's like, yeah, we've got our, our top guys there executing and everybody else eh, a little bit along for the ride at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a bad Willie. And I was just, no, just to that point, it was one of those games where like, I mean, like you said, Cam, Eric, and Caleb had fucking fantastic games. They yeah. played Cam had a game that will be on his highlight reel when he goes to the NBA because it was a fantastic game for yeah. him. And it was, but it was weirdly enough, none of them were fantastic enough to like be the delta from the eight points. They were the reason that we were even in the game, but like we needed. I can't even say we needed more from them because like they gave everything you could expect. If you told me oh, those three scored 26, was it 20 and 19? 20, whatever, 26, 23 and 19. There yes. we go. Yeah, I would be like, oh, okay, so we won. By, <laughs> yeah, by like by like 15. Like yeah. that's a terrific stat line for your top three guys. Yeah. Like that's and, wild. Yeah. The, the only other thing I could think of is the the more that we didn't get from Slater and Daniels and were like there were four three pointers that I can count that were like halfway down that didn't go down. Now like that changes the game, but like you know you can't you can't count those obviously. But I'm just making the point that like that like there were open looks that were almost this close to getting converted, but it's, it's just at this point to the point that we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. earlier on the season. Rob, I'm going to give you credit on this. We're not a good shooting team. <laughs> Not just straight up, not a good shooting team, and 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 you you were right on that earlier in the season. I thought that we regressed to some better mean to some degree. We have, but in this game, we had open looks and we couldn't can the ones that we needed to be to for this to be really really tight. We have on any given day, we have four players who can score the basket. We have Cam, we have Dixon, we have Daniels. Maybe Slater's on and he can score, and that, but that's a maybe. Maybe Armstrong has it figured out in the game and he can go. Beyond that, there's it's Arch, it's Hausen who I think can score, but it's such spot minutes that I can't add, I can't like depend on that even inconsistently. And then Trey, who has taken three shots all year, like and Arch, who we know isn't going to score. At the end of the day, we are playing four on. Xavier had like eight players take a shot and like do something offensively on the, with the basketball. We're just, we're playing four on eight offensively. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened in the game. Cause I want to talk a bit about coaching, right? Like you saw an excellent, like top 10, 15 coach in Sean Miller. I don't know exactly where you put him. I, I, I'm not trying to hate if, if Xavier fans think he's top five. Great. Like I'm not, that's not my point. I'm not yeah, trying to he's, make... He's, a, he's pretty much like a, a <laughs> tier 1A coach. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's my point, right? Like, so, and, and then a very brand new coach in Kyle Neptune. Now, early in the game, Xavier was doing their thing. I think we got down like 19 to 11 or 19, 12, something like that early on. And we turned the tide in the game. What, what turned in that? Kyle made an adjustment to our offense um, where he started to make sure that the guys on offense – 
got Cam into a position where he could be successful. That's one thing that I think we miss in some games. When Cam doesn't play well, sometimes it's him just settling. A lot of times it's him settling because offense is not helping him whatsoever, right? Like, like at all, like the team's offense was designed around the first seven games because he was hurt. And then, and then he got unhurt. And then we had, and then it was a matter of like, okay, well, well, Cam just going to sub into that. Well, not exactly right. Because the way we were playing basketball was like ISO ball, backing guys, backing guards down the post and doing this and doing some of the things that we've been accustomed to as Villanova fans for, for the past several years. And a lot of other like just Dixon bully ball and, and, and Daniel's bully ball and whatever, and three pointers. Right. And so, and so that was kind of the offense beforehand. And we kind of transitioned that in and cams in the, in the offense now, and he's not, and he had a couple games where he was successful because he was hitting those step back settled for jumpers and, and teams didn't have a full scout on him. And then as soon as teams got a scout on him, it was like, Oh, he had a few bad games in a row. Now lately I have seen that Kyle has gotten him into better positions, like from a positioning standpoint on the court, from like guys setting picks secondary picks etc running a little bit of action to get him engaged and once we do that and give him the ability to make a first step or make a cut he's electric right like the the baseline drives that we've gotten them into because we got him into a mismatch on the baseline like things like that that we were not doing before that was something that Kyle did in like the under 12 timeout or right around that point in time and the game went from like 1912 to like 2925. Um, and I thought that was, and I thought that was a great adjustment by by Kyle in that first half. Second half comes along. Uh, sorry, not not the first half. The end of the first half comes along. Sean Miller makes an adjustment to run all of their offense through action at either the at either the um top of the key or the elbow from Fremantle. All of their action, like all of the last, if you went went back and watched tape of that game, the last like ten to twelve offensive possessions that Xavier ran in that in that end of that first half, all went through Fremantle action at the top of the key, and they absolutely carved us up, and we had no answer for it. So, so you see, kind of like the coaching, like back and forth going into halftime, and we ended the half down thirty five thirty one, and if you look at it, we played the rest of the game kind of like at arm's length from uh, from Xavier from there. So that coaching adjustment that um, that Miller made was was critical. And then we couldn't stop Fremantle at all in the second half of that game. He absolutely lit us up. You're, I want to just go back to what you said about Cam. I've been a pretty big, like I don't think, I haven't said it on the pod, but we've been using Cam wrong. And maybe I had said, I don't remember what I say on this thing, but we have been using Cam wrong and we finally used him correctly. Cam, when he goes to the NBA and he's playing with an NBA level point guard, will score 10 to 12 points just off of cuts and dunks because he's that athletic, he's that special. And for the first time in his entire Villanova career, which has been like 10 games, so I'm not like absurdly upset because it takes time, but for the first time we've used them properly. And that was a really good adjustment by Kyle. It, my issue with what we've seen from Kyle and we can get into what happened where he subbed in Chris and Trey for at the under six or whatever time it was. Oh, man. Um, but it's, he'll make one adjustment, but he doesn't have the counter. 
Did you, and, did you guys, and that's oh, being a young coach, but he just doesn't have that counter yet. And we saw Sean Baylor just taking the school. Did you guys talk about this? Apologies to our listener base. I'm sure they were so offended I wasn't on the podcast last week. Did you guys talk about this uh, this point last week that we were talking about beforehand of like the fact that like Kyle is basically just like he, he is call it what it is like he's a very inexperienced coach, right? Yeah. Okay. We did get yeah. into we we got into that. We got okay. into that a little bit. I do want to talk a little bit about the inexperience though. Like I do feel like I feel like Kyle is searching for like, okay, like it's almost like he has like PTSD from being an assistant coach to Jay. And he like wants to make sure that he gets all the guys minutes that like, like, and so he's like looking through and I've heard stories. There was a guy who ran on a Twitter thread. He said he sat behind the building of a bench um, during the Xavier game and he could hear Neptune being like, how many minutes this guy have? How many, I get this guy a minute. It's like, like, like he's like actively like overthinking, trying to figure out his personnel moves. Yeah. And one thing I did sense, and by the way, I'd rather this than the opposite. I'd rather him being an overthinker and then like figure out with time and feel of the game and how to be a head coach, like kind of settle into something better than someone who underthinks it and <laughs> and and then and then has to be taught to learn how to think harder yeah. um, on the fly. But he came across to me that. That sub that he made with six minutes left with 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 Trey and Arch coming in right at the moment where we seemed with our lineup to start to climb back into it. Like we cut it down to four. Xavier felt like they were on their heels a little bit. They called timeout. We are um, we have um, cams going off. Caleb's hitting shots. Like this game and the atmosphere in the pavilion was, it was loud and it was bumping. It was like, it was like this. That's, place, a, that's a rare occurrence. In the yeah. And this place was ready to explode. And so it was like right there. And then all of a sudden he subs in Arch and Trey and Brian can attest to this. I turned to a couple of people around me and I said, put a pin in this moment in the game because, because let's just see what happens here because I, it could make, I feel like Kyle is trying to hold water until the under four and it could get ugly really fast. And literally it was like five points. It was a nine point game in like 30 seconds. Do you think he has his moves like pre-planned where he's basically like, okay, at this point I'm doing this. Like this goes back to, again, I missed the conversation last week. So if you guys went into this, but like, I'm sure you guys talked about like some of the previous games, it was like, okay, there's five minutes left this is the lineup I'm rolling out. There's no way I'm changing my lineup. And like, I don't know. He's like, he's like a rookie quarterback in the NFL, right? He has like one read. And if like the first read's not there, he's kind of like, eh, okay. Like, I don't know. That was my read. And that's what I'm rolling with. Do you think he's doing that? Or just like, that was my plan. And like, I'm going to stick with it. It Like, so therefore like I'm ignoring kind of the momentum and he's like, he's not in the flow quite as much, if you will. I think he's got a mental like clock going on of being like, I had these guys on the floor for long enough. And then I also think that he's just a big, and I think we're going to see this and I've seen this many times in the past with the, it during this season. I think he's a big, like, I want to get this sub in to get a certain guy rest for 90 extra mm. seconds leading into a media timeout. I think he thinks like, yeah, if I can get a guy thir- a minute of game action rest, Plus yeah. a media timeout. That's really good rest. But and like, now really put it doesn't back matter. In. Like, and, yeah, yeah, it really he's, doesn't he, matter. He's overthinking that. He's overthinking yeah. that. These are like, like 20, these are 20 year old guys. Like, yeah, if you, if you, as we yeah. talked about on previous podcasts, if you run somebody to the ground, like game after game after game, sure, it takes a toll, but like a single game, it's not going to make a difference. I don't know if you guys remember, but do you remember when we played Penn? 
like he was we got the lead up to like 15 points or something like that and then he subbed in some lineup with like nine minutes left and it was like trey hausen like chris arch like and then like brizzy and like and it was like all these guys who like had no business being on the floor for villanova together all at once at this point in time in their careers and it was literally like it went from 15 like dingle scored like eight unanswered it was like a seven point game all of a sudden again yep <laughs> like he keeps doing that he wants to get to a like a extended break for some of his guys going into immediate timeout it's just it's just overthinking it just to give you what the numbers were it was 61 57 dixon made a layup the subs came in and three minutes later it's 69 60 and that's just that's the game yeah chris should we talk about your pavilion experience yeah, let's talk about that. So, I, hey, wait, been, have, you, have you been there before? Yeah, I've been to the the new, the new one, the the fin, if you will. Um, have you been there post post pandemic? Yes, I've been I've been post pandemic with Brian last year. I went to the Providence game with Brian last year. Okay, that, that was the one that I went to post pandemic. Pre pandemic, I had been for like a game versus Butler, and it was actually I think the pandemic season. Um, so, uh, so, so. I've been the game day experience now that they've done the renovations is it's objectively very good. Um, I don't love that you can't go from the second floor to the first floor. I think that whole thing is a little bit silly. It's but so like, silly. but like they so do wait, it. Wait, wait, important question: Does Brian have the good tickets? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Brian has really good tickets. Okay. So we you were got, sitting. You got, the, you got the tier one, baby. You we get, were sitting. You get the, oh yeah, I'm going downstairs. Look. Oh yeah, we yeah, were sitting like eight rows behind the Xavier bench um that's pretty good pretty nice so so it was it was quite nice and we sit literally right behind the um the the xavier parents um so like zach Fremantle's parents were like three rows in front of us so the guy that sits next to me is awesome guy great fan he gets very angry at the refs but everything else is friendly fun so that kid made a really good move and you could tell this is his family in front of you they're both over six feet the parents there's like a brother who's like six seven and he's like, man, that guy must have good parents. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, sort of it was out. very funny. It was very <laughs> yeah, funny. he has a big smile on his face, so it's like welcoming. It's like that's really good. That's game. really that's well yeah. playing. Yeah. Um, so so look, the pavilion experience is 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 objectively pretty good. They have like a Chickies and Pete station, um, so you get the crab fries, they can get beers, etc. I the lines weren't terrible, but the stadium was pretty full. Um, I really you thought did it your was... review. You did your review. Right? I did do yeah. a review. I did do Wait, a review. How did, how did this come about? Because I was a little skeptical. I was like, did you just like find somebody? You're like, hey, interview me. Like, uh, I want to do like a. No, 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 no. So this is okay. Tommy Godin. We brought, I brought him up before. He does Road okay. to the Garden and View. Yeah. He's, he's there for every game day. Um, and every day, every game at the pavilion, he tries to do a new, tries to try a new food and then rank it. But he's got like a very specific ranking system. It's basically ranked against other stadium food right so like as a general concept so like you know if you get stadium food you're not getting you know you're not getting the best yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Totally. Like, right like yeah so 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 he does that every game he he's done i don't know boneless wings he's done, he's done a bunch of different stuff right and he gives every everything kind of falls into like this anywhere from like a five to an eight i forget exactly what his rankings was high end or low end is way too he, nice he's a little too nice but like generally speaking, my food experience at the new pavilion has been pretty good. So like yeah, I kind of bad. Yeah, I kind of get it. 
He ordered a cheesesteak. He wanted me to have a cheesesteak. Now, I think I've said on this podcast, but I definitely said it there. Every time I eat a cheesesteak before or during a Villanova basketball game, we lose. Like, straight up. I just have really bad juju about cheesesteaks. I've done it way too many times. We've lost to Georgetown after I've eaten a cheesesteak. Like, I'm just not... I'm just not bringing that into the ether. Like we, yeah. we need everything to go right. And even with that, we still lost by it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, so like he reviewed a cheesesteak. I reviewed a brisket sandwich. I went up to the second floor, got myself a brisket sandwich. It was on like a brioche oh, bun. With the commoners. Like a, with like a herb mayo. It was, it was quite good. Um, I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, I wasn't expecting stadium brisket to be great. Um, and that's a risk. Was, I'm going to be so honest. It was, it was okay. Would you, would itself, you call it a, a, herb risk, mayo, a risk it? Willie? It was. A risk. <laughs> Boo. I am the dad and you're the one making the dad jokes. Um, oh, I've always, it's always my role. Um, the herb mayo was, was, was excellent. The bun was really good too. The side of chips was fine. Um, the brisket itself was good enough. Like, is it a, bud like a, a weed? What? You say bud like weed? Like the chronic drugs? Did you say the bud was good? The bun. I don't the think so. bun. The bun. Yeah, no, that actually makes a lot more sense. You <laughs> <laughs> know, Brian has on his mind right now. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I did that. You know, had a Miller Light or or three. Um, <laughs> and um, and he reviewed the cheesesteak. So I did it on video. So like, I would do it again. I I enjoyed it. I do like the food reviews. I'm. I, I can't say I'm the biggest bar stool guy, but I do find the David Port uh, the Dave Portnoy pizza reviews to be quite funny. And like I like that mentality. I don't have his charisma by any stretch of the imagination, but I still thought it was uh I still thought it was fun. I think the video came out pretty good, aside from the fact that it was hard to hear. Tommy did not get the fact that you need to scream into the microphone. I was yelling at the top of my lungs. Rachel, yes. Sorry, I raised my hand for our viewers who can't see her. <laughs> um but yeah, actually, I was going to say the, the video review, I think we need to do some more food reviews. The Villanova is going to stink and we don't have that much to talk about. That's true. I like, like that. We, Honestly, should, yeah. we should fill the air with something that makes people a little happier. It's definitely our like top performing post so far this season. So, Chris, you might be on to something. We should do a most dangerous game, hunt a wildcat and then cook it and eat it. I, I like this, Brian. This is very dangerous. Yeah. That's though that's, though most yeah. dangerous game you hunt one another, but um but I'll well, allow it's, the, it's, it's I'll like, allow the mistake. Like family. Well, friendly. we could either hunt Wildy Cat in the <laughs> uniform or we could hunt, you know. I don't know. If we chased Wildy Cat with weapons around campus while they're in while he or she is in uniform, that would, I think that we'd would catch him. Everything. I think we'd catch him pretty yeah. quick. That's what we call content. Baby. I think we could. I think we could. <laughs> the if, fans are asking for it. quickly devolved into something ridiculous. Now, how now, now? Like, how would Villanova fans do that? You kind of like trap them with a sweater vest and beat them with a golf club, right? That's how, how you would. That's how, how you would do it, right? No, he's just gonna trip over his untied sperries. <laughs> oh, well great. done, well done. I like that. I, I would be open to doing food reviews. I'd ask our listeners if they enjoyed it enough that they would want, uh, want more to happen. I would be open to it. Well, since our, our team sucks this year, let's let's do it. Got <laughs> to vote for a yes right here. We need I, alternate streams of content. I, yeah. we, we, Brian and I did go to Kelly's afterwards. There was a mild crowd, clearly a break game. So there was a mild crowd at, 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 at Kelly's. But um, Kelly's is still pretty good. 
I'm uh, always I'm always surprised at how few people are at Kelly's. Like when I go, obviously I'm going at like off times, but I figured like pregame and stuff, there'd always be more of a crowd. And there never seems to be for whatever uh, reason. Not, Kelly's not isn't even open for lunch on most days anymore. Like it's, it's, it's don't get me started on Kelly's. I'd like to get you started on Kelly's. Please, let's get him started on Kelly's. Yeah, go ahead. We let's yeah. talk about Kelly's. What <laughs> happened to Kelly's? It was never good. It's, you guys were just young and stupid. Is that it? Because yes. I went back after a wedding and I was like. This is kind of trash. If you remember Kelly's, if your college experience similar to the time it was with me, Rob and Chris, it was really busy on Thursday nights. Yeah, of course. Every yeah. eighth Friday would be busy. And that's it. So like it, the food was never great for, for non- But they also had competition in our day. Yeah. Like they had Maloney's oh, and Erin back in the day. I just have a memory of the menu being bigger. And when I went back, I was like, oh, this is like the oh, most bare book. A single page menu now. I've yeah. never have a menu eaten before. at Kelly's. It's I've literally bad. only had alcohol at Kelly's. Food. I had fine food. My chicken wrap yeah. was delicious. I, but I wouldn't go with delicious. Food. I've just literally never eaten there. I've if never you remember, been there Chris. It was just single page, like four choices. Like they, yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a lot of choices. It was like very standard bar food that yeah. you'd expect to get outside of Philadelphia. Totally. Yeah. Oh, bunch but of it did used to have a large menu, Willie. You're you're correct there. Okay, I was like, I'm not tripping about that. Like, I remember having more options. The hard thing with Kelly's was it was closed for a long time. They put all the money into it. They renovated it. They put that roof deck in, and they never got occupancy approval to be to allow customers outside. So the well, entire that, second floor was supposed mistake. to set up that deck, which is up to your shoulder, and they still you're not allowed to be out there as a customer. Wow. So 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 was, what was also interesting, Brian, is that I suggested going to Kelly's or Flips, and you're like, don't go to Flips. Yes. What like and you oh, it was I, just a food it's thing? It's na- na- neighborhood bar now. It's not. It's fully just that neighborhood. Not in a negative way. It's just families in that neighborhood, and then like local people that drink at bars from that neighborhood. Yeah. And a lot of my friends live in that neighborhood. So if anybody clips this, like, come at me, bro. Like I know you guys. But it's. I don't want to eat there. It's so weird that like a school like a Villanova wouldn't have better um, food options and bar options around it. Well, like, that's when you go to the refectory. Come on. Oh well, can't get a reservation there before a game. I should have gotten a reservation there. That would have been that would have been a thing I would do. But when you want to get high class dining, yeah. I told somebody you I don't want to go there because it, remind, it reminds me of priests. And then they were like, "That's called a," and I'm blanking on the name, and it's very similar. I'm still upset that they did never. Oh. That when they did the renovations and the new buildings, that they didn't open that they didn't open a Chipotle style yeah. Mexican restaurant oh, called, called Veritas Unitas Carnitas, and that would have been a big very mistake. that would have been a a big hit. Well, I, what's the re- that sounds like a funny joke? I'd like to know why. Carnitas. <laughs> Carnitas Veritas Unitas Caritas is like the Villanova tagline. Right? Oh, like, cool, fun. Okay, I like that. that yes. So Veritas Unitas Carnitas would have been hilarious. That place, I like that. Yes. I always like I always like the joke of uh, Veritas Unitas Securitas for public safety, but <laughs> except Securitas is the name of an actual security company. Yeah, it's right. it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's probably trademarked. I can tell you that the year my dorm room, my dorm building got lit on fire by a pipe or not a pipe, a um electrical wire that fell down during the ice storm. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You just said <laughs> my building got lit on help. fire and then and you said bye. And I was expecting you to say a human being. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> like, no. So my junior year, which was what, 2014, 2015. Yeah. Now people know your um, they there was a really bad ice storm. And like 
there was this tree. I, I lived in Fedigan, so I was like all the way like on like the Camp Coast side of campus. Like I was like very close Dead. to Camp Coast. And a tree, like it was too heavy, and the tree, like a tree limb, like broke, knocked down an, an electrical wire, which cut power to all of campus and also like basically lit our dorm building on fire. And there was that little like one man public safety stop station right there because you could like drive in and like get dropped off at Fedigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And um, the, the like it was like one of the older public safety guys, and he comes over and he's like got his like little uniform and his jacket and his little whatever hat or whatever, and he's like looking at it, and we're all looking out the window because it's dark, and we're like, "What the hell is going on?" And we're like looking, and this guy's like waving some stuff at it he's like tossing some snow on it and we're like just call 911 like this is my not god. Like, you are what? not gonna be the hero down this fire. oh my god that's bad <laughs> we're like just call 911 like this is not worth it that's you know really what? bad brian the name of this episode has been changed to throwing snow at fire because that's that is exa- yeah. that is exactly what villanova tried to do defensively versus xavier on on uh on saturday evening Villanova, no, Song of Ice on Fire. Um, Got to have more snow. For the nerds, <laughs> if you, you'll so, get my reference. Um, little Easter egg for you. Um, but yeah, it was hilarious. And but they ended up sending, like, they basically sent out an email that was like, we don't know when we're going to get power back. If you can go home, please leave. Thanks. Like, they, like, sent everybody home for, like, five days because they didn't know when they were going to get power back. And they, like, couldn't feed people and heat the building. So they were like, please go home. Please get out of here. Oh my goodness. That's um, wild. That is wild. So right. so let's turn all the way back. Yeah. Right? So we've covered a lot preview. of ground. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of preview, a little bit of like, okay, just like before we preview, like teams eight and eight now. Like, like most likely result of this season is an NIT berth at best. Right? Like, yeah. like Which just feels gross. It feels gross. Now that doesn't mean that I'm saying I'm writing our NCAA tournament berth uh hopes off to nothing but the margin for error is now officially like pretty much nil we have to win the next three games butler uh sorry depaul butler and georgetown all like i would say all pretty much must wins um you have to beat st john's um at msg and and then and then you have to be Providence. You have to be Providence too. You have to. <laughs> you have to be Providence too. And and it's like it's like I feel like we could lose one of those games and still be okay. But it's just like what Rob, you and I were going over this um, the other day with with some of our buddies. Like it was, you're, you're looking at the. I want to pull it up because you're looking at like what this team has to accomplish in the next like several weeks, and it's like absolutely crazy. So like. So well, like, the, the, the first thing is like, you're supposed to go four and oh over the next four the games. First right? thing is next four, you have to go four and oh, which, right. which like, which just stop right there because like, yes, those are bad teams, but are we going to lose one of those four games? hundred percent. Probably, probably 100%. lose 100%. one of those games. The I, I at, put good money on it. The at Butler or at St. John's game feels like possible loss. It just yeah. really depends where St. John's is. Yes. Like, St. John's. Is St. John's a fucking total mental mess or have they started to figure it out? If they start to figure it out, we might be in big trouble. If they're still a mess, we could probably win that game. Yeah. The game at, at Hinkle is going to be a mess because it's at Hinkle. 
So, so like, okay, so you get those four. You have to go four and zero. Oh. Let's four and zero. Oh, three of those are away. Fun. Let's yeah. Then then you have um, if I'm if my math is right, I guess it's the nine games total in the Big East season. You have to go. You have eleven left, and to get to twelve and eight in the Big East play, you have to go six and five down down the stretch there. That includes away at Marquette, away at Xavier, home versus UConn, both games versus Providence, both games versus Seton Hall, and both games versus Creighton. Now, let's just say you have you also have DePaul and Butler at home, and let's just say Hall has not been that great, though they do seem to start to figure a little bit out. But let's just say those three home games are wins, so you have to go three and five in a stretch of away at Marquette, away at X, home versus UConn, away at Hall, both games versus Providence, and both games versus Creighton. What are there are there three wins in that? Are there three wins in that? What we're really putting ourselves in, in a struggle is, so we finished the year absurdly hard. Like, yes. to your point, we finished at Providence, at Xavier, Creighton, at Seton Hall, home versus Connecticut. What we're doing with every subsequent loss is – putting ourselves in a position to where we have to go three and two in that, if not four and one to feel decent, obviously meaning we win everything else. Like, and like we said, at Providence, at Xavier, at the hall, Connecticut going to come into the Wells Fargo center and Creighton. We have to protect home court. They just have to, like, I think we can afford one more home loss. And like, let's just say that's Connecticut. Like we have to beat Providence at home. I just I don't see how you can build a tournament resume, uh, an NCAA tournament resume, without beating Providence at home and protecting home the rest of the way. If we if we unless we go on the road and we win every road game, which I'm just saying words at this point because that's yeah. not going to happen. I, I was going to say I feel like that is I feel like just saying words is the overall description of trying to come to a way that Villanova can make the NCAA tournament. Cause yeah, you're, you're literally, you're literally just making shit up. Yeah. And it's like, we've <laughs> talked about this. We, we've talked about this earlier season. You can math your way to 12 and eight. Are you going to bet on it? Absolutely fucking no, not. Yeah. 100% no, you can. not. You can't. And, and candidly, we're sitting here on January 9th. We had the whole Rob, you weren't on the discussion, but we had the whole discussion on the last podcast about like, when will Justin Moore come back? Right? Like, like, and it's like, oh, you were on it. We actually talked about it with, uh, with Paul oh, Frischner, yeah. but like, yeah. yeah, but like it was, when will Justin Moore come back? Right. Never. Like, and, 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 and is he coming back? Right. Like inside, he's info, not coming back inside info, not revealing sources, etc. But like, just what I've been told or whatever is that this is Justin Moore's last season on the main line. Does he have another year of eligibility? Yes. He technically, if he sat out all year, would have two more years of eligibility, provided he can get the medical redshirt waiver, which I don't think would be hard to come by. Um, but like, so, so he'd have two more, one or two more years of eligibility after this year, but he's leaving after this season. Yeah. So, because, because he's older, he wants to pr- pursue professional basketball. That's the information I've been told. So like my attitude then is if he can come back at all, I want him to come back. Right. Like, because I'd least like to watch Justin Moore play in a Villanova uniform a couple more times, like just very selfishly. Right. But like at this point, your guards are Arch and Mark Armstrong. Right. Like, like, like we have to, we have to war game this season as if, as if Mark and Arch are sharing the point guard roles for the rest of the season, hands down. Right. Like, I don't like, I believe that Justin Moore, I still believe that Justin Moore is actually going to suit up for the Georgetown game. 
but and that's and then we're going to see him progress his time until early February. But there's no news. <laughs> there's no more further information after or after we heard that he was full participant in practice, etc. I've heard that he's in the huddles. He's yelling at the guys. He's got a great relationship with the players on the team. They feel a lift from him being at practice, etc. But until he feels comfortable, we don't know if he's going to come back. Now, we talked about this on the last podcast. Last podcast. I'll say it one more time. I don't think Justin's making any decisions based on how the team has performed. I just don't believe that to be the case. That's not what a competitor does, right? So like, oh, the team's eight and eight, so I'm not going to come back. I don't buy that for one minute that that's what he's thinking. As I said before, I think the thinking that he has is actually quite the opposite. It's eight and eight. I'm going to get this team back to the tournament. So, so like this is, that's where I think he's at, but we just don't know if he's going to come back. So presuming that he's not coming back, you're looking, you're rolling out this roster. It's 60 on Ken Palm. We're projected to go 9-11 in Big E's play uh, via Ken Palm. All of this is, Rob, to make your point, you can't bet on Villanova making the NCAA tournament at this point. Or if you do, just know what the risk you're getting into. Yeah, totally. Anyway, we've rehashed this to death. I feel like everybody knows where we stand at this point. We've talked about Justin Moore. Should we, should we, we've got to do two things. Like one, we've got to do a little bit of a, a preview, a look ahead to the other games. Two, we also do have to do a, a quick heart monitor. Maybe we should do that as a quick positive because there were a lot of positives from some of the Villanova alumni over the I, past week, which would be a nice change of pace for all the negativity. I like it. Go ahead. So we can definitely get into a heart monitor. Um, just saying, like, if you did, like, if you did want to bet, bet on Villanova, bet the national championship, I'm seeing plus, like, 150000 So, like, you know, you could become a millionaire. So I, uh, you, you could. You could. You could. So, you know. In theory. What's sure. behind door number one? Um, but if we're looking at a heart monitor, speaking of millionaires, uh, we have a couple, we have eight of them in the NFL, or NFL in the NBA, um, who, all of whom are, like, or it might be eight, I think it's not. It's, like, Eight and a half. I'll give a person a shout out. Um, Arch is just on the bench of the Knicks. He's, you know, living, uh, collecting well, a paycheck because he's getting that paycheck. He's getting collecting a paycheck because the Knicks have a savior and one Jalen Brunson. He's so um, good. He's so good. He, he is currently. It's in there. They're in the back end of the third quarter versus the Bucks right now at MSG, and he's currently got twenty four six and four with uh, fifteen minutes of gameplay left. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's there's just like I think he can be an all-star this year. Like it's gonna be like he'll totally. probably be the last person in if he gets it, but like I don't know. He's he the Knicks have become not not just relevant, but like they're not bad. Julius Randall's taken a step forward after like having a weird la- year last Ar- year. Like, Audrey Randall. Audrey Randall. Audrey Randall. And he put he gives credit to like Brunson, like it's made his game easier. So Big shout out to Jalen Brunson. Um, by far, our I'm not gonna say by far, but like our definitely our best NBA player right now. Um, we should call our, J- Jalen hometown discount Brunson because right now the value of his contract is absolutely hometown. Discount. And it's also declining. Also, he the way he signed a yes, contract where he right. signs, totally he gets right. more now and it declines over time. So the Knicks really got a good discount there. It's um, not too shabby. Third or next person is Mikhail. Mikhail's doing well uh, for anyone who's worried. Um, he's having a career year scoring wise. Um, he's taking more of the load offensively in Phoenix. Um, Suns suck. The Suns kind of are bad, but like they're good because they're the Suns, but they're also bad. 
But Mikhail's got his money. Mikhail was second in the year or second in defensive player of the year. He's going to be all team, all first team defense this year, more than likely. Mikhail's well on his way. I would argue Mikhail and Jalen are both, if you don't think they're top 50 players or top 75. Um, uh, Rachel has her hand raised. But oh, I'm going to raise my hand first. We got to talk about, you can't mention Mikhail without talking about his Iron Man streak. No, Chris, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> guys, right, it's Rachel, so dated. It's so dated. It's not even relevant. Let's yeah, talk about Michael Bridges. He just broke some Mikhail, records. Mikhail, Mikhail crossed a like record in the NBA. Ago. He literally has started every single game or played in every single game in the NBA. He, the man, it's like perfect attendance in high school times like 700. It's ridiculous. Every single yep. game that's ever happened? Uh, yes, since Ryan, he came into the league. Past, present, and future. He is father time. Yep. I love he Mike has not missed a game yet. It's crazy. Is, it's something about like them soft bones. I don't know. His, his like brittle bones. You can't get hurt. He's just he needs, <laughs> to give, needs to give Jordan some of those soft bones. He's like he's like Gumby or something. I don't know, but yeah, he's he's literally it's crazy. Yo, can we go Sorry. to Josh Hart? Can we go to Josh Hart? Oh, Josh, that, that's what's going like, next. Man, Shaq fit man play of the week right here doesn't go to any of the current players, but oh my gosh. If you haven't seen this play, Josh, like he's thriving in Portland. I love Josh Hart. He just brings the positive, like I'll do it all attitude, no matter where he's been. Guy's been traded around the league from the G League, made his mark at the Lakers, got traded to New Orleans, was like embraced New Orleans, traded up to Portland. Uh, he's just, he's having a great year. He's absolutely threw it down. What was it at the end of a half? I want to say. It was at the end of the half versus, I don't know. The Pelicans. I don't remember who he was playing. I don't know. Someone, but had a monstrous dunk. Um, it was it was really dirty. I liked it. You don't see that from Josh too often. It, it was it was a very different play for Josh. Yeah. Um, Dante uh, has had a really good last cut like month or so. Um, yeah. For anyone who's has been paying attention, hasn't been paying attention, he had two huge plays back to back in two separate games. Um, the first game. Uh, stole the, uh, the, there was like 30 seconds left on the clock, maybe around 40. Uh, Blazers are down by like two or one. He is defending Damian Lillard, have been defending Damian Lillard and like, I'm not going to say shutting him down, but like did a really good job for the, on the last three minutes of him. Um, steals the ball from Damian Lillard, uh, comes down, gets in a pick and roll, gets the ball and shoots oh, three like not over Josh, but like Josh was close to defending him. And so was Damian Lillard and drills it to give the Warriors and like solidify it and slam the door. And then the very next game, there's a mad scramble. Their Warriors are down three. Um, they need a three-pointer. Clay takes one, misses. Jordan Poole takes a stupid one, misses. It gets tapped out a la Vlade Divac in 2002 to, wow. to Robert Horry. And Dante catches it and drills a three with like 0. 0.005 seconds left on the clock to send the game to overtime, which they later win. So the he, word on the word on the street is that Bob Myers is debating whether or not Steph Curry should even come back or whether they'll just give the minutes to Dante. That's, right. that is the word on the street. I heard the, that. The, I don't know what the actual number is anymore, but I believe I'm going to just do some funny math. The warriors are like two and 10 without Dante and like, 20 and 10 with him whatever their numbers are they're um way better when dante plays um can't say that about steph curry that's all i'm gonna say that's uh, uh, um straight facts right there he is he, he has steph curry like shooting abilities some people would say <laughs> it's you know he's probably the next coming but 
You, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, to wrap up, some heart monitors. Sadiq Bay um, has been bouncing between the bench and um, the or the, and starting in Detroit. Um, it's had a fine year, but it's kind of like taking a little bit of a step back. Yeah. Um, he's still going to get paid. He'll be, he will make $60 million plus on his next contract. That's all right. And then uh, JRE has an ankle injury. He's been out for a while. Um, wait, wait, but... you glossed over Sadiq's game winner. Oh, snap. I forgot about the game winner versus the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I he's completely... having a nice year. I'm like, yeah, he fucking buried a game winner over the Warriors. Like, I completely I believe forgot it was over that. Dante, too, I want to say. It was like it was like around yeah it was like over Dante. It was around, around Dante. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll do that. But yeah. it was uh, yeah I forgot about that game winner. Yeah, he completely drilled that. Um, Kyle was Kyle. Kyle's just That's you know Kyle. still old, steady, and dependable. Um, JRE's had an ankle injury. He's been out, uh, so I don't think he's played much this year. And then my point five, I just going to give him the tiniest shout out. People are going to be mad. Cole Swider scored his first NBA points. So for everyone who had all the debates and the consternation we've That's had over wild. Cole, Cole Swider, he got in a game and he scored his first bucket um, like two games ago, a three-pointer clearly. Um, so I don't know, Cole Swider officially on the NBA record books. Why are hey, we talking man. about a guy from Syracuse? They're not even in the league. <laughs> um, good, good for him. That's, so that's I want impressive. And a couple of um, honorable mention um, heart monitor things here um one uh brian westbrook um was yes. elected to the college college football hall of fame I yeah college football um so credit to him long overdue by the way <laughs> he's been out of college football for 25 years yeah that's weird that's <laughs> but, weird um but really good to see him uh get in there um and then and he's someone who's by the way he's gotten his he's gotten reconnected with villanova quite a bit i we, we saw him at the um Rob, we saw him at the uh, at the uh, at our ill-fated house. house. Yeah, our yeah. Ill-fated he's, a, he's around a decent amount. Like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was he disconnected? He seems like he's always been around. I mean, he's played a professional football career, so he couldn't be yeah, as around. Like, as, yeah. But like, you know, you but never know. He's after not like, a guy graduates. He's always he's around like, Eagles stuff, so maybe his kids are older now, so he has more time to do more Nova stuff. Yeah, uh, he's been on the Eagles radio since he retired. Um, and then Jay Wright took a picture with the. Bucky's mascot, the the Bucky's the 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 fucking convenience store in Texas. Oh, Bucky's! Oh. Yes, Bucky's. Yeah, yeah Bucky's. Yeah. Bucky's is the shit. Yeah, it is awesome. He took a picture with their like mascot and one of the and on his way to, uh, you know, call a game for CBS for like at, like Mississippi State or some. Probably shit. hated on some freshmen there. Franchises that should be nationwide that are not one is bucky's should yeah. absolutely be a bucky's should be the standard for rest stops across the country full stop there's no you can't disagree with that it's it's amazing wawa. it's like a target and wawa is the other okay one. I, I didn't want to like yeah i've never been to a bucky so i was like before i should have led with wawa should bucky's is the shit but wawa should also be nationwide it still blows my mind that wawa is not in new york city but that's what about carl's jr no, Carl's Jr. Parties. No, stop. El Taco. Stop. Have you heard of this chain called McDonald's? They're small. <laughs> they're growing. We've they're never gone to war with a country that has a McDonald's, except if you count Ukraine. Are we? That's that backstop being true right. in Well, well, all right. Real quick, um, just we're talking about heart monitor. Uh, Jay Wright to Kentucky. The rumors are starting. 
Love and that, by the rumors it. are starting, I'm starting them. But also, <laughs> it, uh, if you're on if you're on Big Blue Nation, they are already like bring Jay Wright, which is hilarious. Love that. It's hilarious how much they're gonna hate him and he brings him in. Like they would, <laughs> they would despise him. He's they such the anti. Him. He's it's, such the anti Kentucky coach. It's Holy also shit. so funny because it's like he very much quit because of NIL, and now you expect Kentucky to take yeah, him. Like, like, stop, <laughs> please. That's yeah. ridiculous. So Kentucky and Jay Wright is like one of the worst matches ever. Maybe, maybe Louisville though. Lewis, the other school in that state. <laughs> um. All right, and then not heart monitor, Villanova basketball player, but our alpha dog of the week again because Rachel is got this a hundred percent. Rachel's got this a hundred percent correct. You can't see me, but I'm like pumping my fist in the air, being like, "Ma." Flipping girl, let's yeah. go. Twenty three hundred points total Damn. in her in her career. That's awesome. uh, Maddie Segrest, and she is uh, at twenty eight point five points per game. She is the leader in college basketball, women's college basketball, for scoring this season by a full point game per average. Uh, so she leads. Uh, Kishana Washington uh, at Drexel, Caitlin Clark at Iowa, and Anisha Morrow from DePaul, all of who are probably all three of them are talked about a little bit more nationally than Maddie Segrist, but Maddie Segrist still leads all of them in scoring. So I was going to say, Chris, like the fact that like Caitlin Clark is on that list, she's probably one of, if not the most recognized name in women's college basketball. Like yeah, it's like, like it's like Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark. Like those are the, like the people that I like, get the top of the list when like we're in the broader sports world. And Paige Beckers too, but she's right. Hurt. But like but Paige is out. Yeah. So like Paige has kind of been replaced by Ozzy Fudd this year, but Ozzy yeah. Fudd has even been out. Yeah. Which begs another whole situation with and this is not a Villanova podcast topic, but it is a women's college basketball topic where like UConn women's basketball had They're to playing, like, postpone. six players. <laughs> they had to postpone a game. Because yeah. this weekend they couldn't play against DePaul in their Big East, uh, in their Big East game because they only had six active players. Like, and the Big East rule is you have to have seven active scholarship players in order to like field a team. Even Gino Ariema was out was going to be out for that yeah. game. Like wow. that's that what, like, like that's the crazy game. part about this. So but, yeah. <laughs> One quick, so just so we're obviously keeping track of M- Maddie about to pass Shelly Pennyfather. She's 108 points away, which probably puts it's her at, the, at the rate she's four games, which would likely be at Creighton. I'm just obviously Maddie, at, Maddie has led us in scoring in every single game. Here's my question to the pod Is there, what is there a greater chance of someone else leading the women's basketball team in scoring other than Maddie Seacrest or? Villanova men's basketball making the NCAA tournament as an at-large. <laughs> well, we're not making the tournament as an at-large, so I guess <laughs> the other one. Oh, man. Jeez. Maybe Maddie has an off night or t- takes like a rest game. I don't know. Do I, do I get an exception? If, if And I don't, I don't want to pose an ether, but if there's some reason like a COVID illness or something like that where she can't play, does that not count? No, Maddie has to be on the floor and playing. Okay, so yeah. if so, if she has a, if she has something that keeps her from playing a game, yeah. Okay, that doesn't count. Okay, then then yeah, I think that it's a greater chance that that um, that we make the NCAA that we make the NCAA tournament as an at large. 
which means like she basically means that she's gonna outscore everybody. Yeah, yeah, for every game. What I love is like we are about we are potentially also gonna have after the season concludes. And again, I don't know what Maddie's plans are. Like I'm not friends with her. I'm not close to her whatsoever. She does DM or like our DMs occasionally or like our mentions of her on social posts, which is nice of her. Thanks for the engagement girlfriend. But um, I am really curious to see what, like what happens with her in the WNBA draft. And I'm also, if she does decide to go to the WNBA, I'm like kind of excited to have a woman to track on the heart monitor. She did yeah. the first one ever. Cool. Like that, that would be, be super so cool. cool. It'll be it'll be interesting timing just because it's like opposite seasons, but we'll figure it out. I mean, fair. We can still tweet about it. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um Jesus Christ. I, I, I'll just start a women's basketball podcast. Um I just want to point out like a couple of things about her statistics. Okay, it because they're fucking insane. So we mentioned 28.5 points a game. 9.7 rebounds a game. She's almost averaging a double-double on 28 and a half points a game. Like, that's fucking crazy. It's pretty good. And, and 53% field goal percentage overall, 42% from deep, and 85.5% from the line. That's Dare I say true. that those are like, like, what, like, okay, let's do this. What would be the, like, that's like, like, dare I say that's like Jalen Brunson-esque numbers? Yes. Yeah, like better, like, better, I'm like better, what would be better. what would be maddie's equivalent on the men's side of the last like decade i guess you would have to it would be Put a guy averaging like 20 no. 10 and like you mean a villanova player a villanova yeah player? like what would be like the men's uh, villanova player uh, jalen i guess is yeah. probably yeah. sadiq that second year because his stats were so high because jalen wasn't always our leading scorer that year like Oh, I get he your was the point, best Brian. player. He was the best but... rebounder and scorer on the team. Is yeah, Sadiq time? just had a stat line in like a high stat line every game. This sophomore year. I mean, not bad company though. Either way, <laughs> yeah, lottery NBA pick. Like it's it's incredible. Yeah, exactly. That's like that was really <laughs> the point bad. I was trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that adds to Villanova uh, women just got back ranked top twenty five um, in the in the in their. So, so the team is also being successful as well. Okay, we, we did an extended heart monitor um, preview of the next few games. We got to the Paul Blue Demons on top. Oh my God, let's wrap it up. We're over an hour. Like, geez, <laughs> you're the one who wanted to go heart monitor first, man. Dude, dude we're over an hour. This team sucks. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, but ten minutes of it was about Maddie Seagrass. You know fine we're off the rails i'm okay with this I, I, i'm like i told you guys i was drinking like straight tequila earlier like, it, is, <laughs> it is fucking hitting right now uh, well, well if, you would, if you would you just wasted a minute complaining about wasting i'll time, waste so. another minute <laughs> done with this team jesus christ let willie talk willie give me some uh DePaul. DePaul, i'm gonna just do DePaul. i mean one the classic DePaul. they started off decent have lost a bunch uh they're like decently long um, they like are a bunch of six six to like six nine players. Um, Javon Johnson, I think, was an Iowa State transfer. I'm making that up. Um, he's been playing pretty good. Um, yeah, Iowa State for, by way of Troy. Um, yeah, I mean, DePaul's projected to lose basically every game for the rest of the year. Um, I we can't lose this game. There's that's just the ball. I we can't lose this game. Um, the shame of this is that they have some talent on that roster, but they've been so injured. 
Stubblefield's yep. not a bad coach. They've um, been so injured that it's been it's totally derailed their entire season. Yeah, they there's just it's it's a bummer for them because I want I want DePaul to be like plucky, plucky good. Like they're plucky bad. I want them to be plucky good. We're like, oh, are they gonna be like an actual bubble team? Um we even though they have the size away think, from that. Yeah, right. Even though they have like decent size, I guess like a bunch of six six players. I don't know. There's we're better than them. We shouldn't lose. We pro- who knows what's gonna happen when we go there, but we, we won't really lose to the ball. Really we won't lose to the ball. Butler, on the other hand, Butler, uh, other people probably lose. Yeah. Too. So, Butler, but- so I want to say one thing first, Rob. You brought up the guy from Houston, and you loved how ripped he was. So, You're gonna love Manny Bates at Butler. Ooh. This guy is absolutely fucking yoked. You are going to love Manny Bates. He yeah. is. He is a fucking unit. This guy. Manny Bates has absurd shoulders. Um, Ooh, he's, wow. he's a tank. Um, <laughs> he is Butler's best player. Um, for anyone view, is... for anyone viewing the podcast, you'll get an image pretty quickly. It'll be quite exciting. <laughs> uh, he is their best player. He is responsible for their defensively. Like he's an amazing shot blocker. So we will see a bunch of stupid shots get blocked just into the stance of Hinkle from him. Um then Butler just has, you know, a bunch of the same players, Chuck Harris, Jaden Taylor, um, Lucosius, um, all Lucosius. players that we've played, we've played before. Um, overall, I mean, Butler is very similar to us. They're in an ideal way. You know, they play smart. They play together. They're not going to make mistakes too often. Um, they uh, aren't an absurdly good three-point shooting team, but they're good at getting into late and hitting buckets, especially uh, feeding Manny Bates, who has uh, 25 dunks on the air, so he's been doing really well there. Um, I think this is a game, if we're going to win, that this is one where, like, I don't know who they throw on cam. And first off, who does anyone throw on cam, really? Like, <laughs> UConn had one answer in Andre Jackson, but, like, that's about it. Um Ali Ali, maybe no. Yeah, but like then you lose so much offensively. Um so I say all that to say uh so how do we find I'm, a way to lose that game at Hinkle? So it's almost like I don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> I think we are a better team than Butler. That doesn't, but that also hasn't meant anything all season for us. But I'm almost like, what's the Hinkle like differential? Like how many points is being at Hinkle going to be worth to Butler? Is it worth four or is it worth 14? Um, so we'll this just is see a, This is a team that we could lose by seven to at Hinkle and turn around and beat by 30 when we play them later in the season. Yep. Who – does anyone know if their students are back yet? I don't know, but Thad Mata's no. back. I'd know. imagine they're on like a similar schedule to Villanova. And my I bet that they're. Back. I bet that they're allowed to come back and stay in the dorms for this game. That's yeah. going to be my guess because it's like MLK weekend. Yeah, and then and then Tuesday classes start and syllabus week starts. That's my guess. I don't know. You could call Dean Danko though if you want to. Oh uh, yeah, Jim. Jimmy. Oh, I haven't thought so, about Jim in a long time. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that's Butler. Um, I think they're to cover Georgetown. Yeah. And then Georgetown, once again, just don't fucking lose. Yeah. Um, let's, hope the streak, of, the, let's hope the streak's still alive. Like we so. have a we have Georgetown and DePaul in the same kind of like week of games. Um, so as as someone as a DePaul fan put it to me today, they say, as we say here in Chicago, thank God for Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. So, 
So yeah, we have two we have two games that we absolutely should win uh in the next Oh my goodness. Three. Sorry. Georgia's crushing TCU for Oh yeah, it's time. not it's ugly. The, the Wait, last, games, yeah. last question. Could you guys could could either one of you have coached Georgetown to one victory in the past 25 Big East games? Yes. I believe I could have. I think I, I could have I, as well. I, I really crushed I feel really confident. I realize how absurd that comment sounds. It says like, hey, Patrick Ewing has been in basketball for like 50 plus years of his life. Patrick and Ewing I genuinely believe <laughs> and I genuinely believe that I could coach that Georgetown team over the last two years to one victory. One. You just gotta get one. One. Yeah, but would you have expected a paycheck? Because if so, that would be a crisis. <laughs> no, no, no paycheck for free. I believe oh, okay, I could have gotten one win. That. Yes. Yeah. School would take it. No, they wouldn't take it because they're well, weird. Well, if, if you did it for free, they would take I it. Need, no, I they wouldn't change. take it because there's still Georgetown. It's weird. It's just I weird. need to change my career aspirations to be Georgetown head coach. Like the aspiration is, <laughs> well, either is way, below could, mediocrity and, and you pay a boatload of money. It's great. So, so you have choices. You could go to Congress or Georgetown basketball. They're Dude, Georgetown basketball pays way more. They're both in D.C. They're both in D.C. So you're Georgetown good. Basket, both. Georgetown bas- basketball plays 10x. You could definitely You'll never both. be voted out of Georgetown basketball, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. The, the, the term limits are way better at, uh, at Georgetown That is what we call job security. Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. Holy shit. Crazy. So that's it. We are not going to do another podcast until after the Georgetown game. Ever. Uh, <laughs> maybe Maybe ever. Um, and then we'll do a podcast covering those uh, three games and a St. John's preview. And then following the St. John's game, we'll have a podcast, which we got to get an interview. We haven't had one in a bit. Um, so even though we had one in the last podcast, we, we haven't, just we need like a Villanova interview. Um, and, and we'll do that before we have the uh, Providence game. So, um, all right, that's all we got for today. Thank you everybody for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Thank you.